You're listening to Second Breaks. This is episode number 86. Hello, my friend. Here we are with another episode of Second Breaks, a weekly podcast where we explore ways to make a career move and thrive in this changing world of work. My name is Lou Blazer, your host and a fellow Second Breaker, and I'm really grateful that you are here, that you're letting me share a part of your week with you today. Thank you so much. My guest today is Claire Tompkins, a productivity consultant and coach. I invited Claire to the podcast to talk about time management because this is one of the challenges for people who are looking to make a career pivot or a career change. I know that most, if not all of the listeners of this podcast, and you're probably more than likely in the same boat, have regular nine to five jobs, which already occupy your time, right? Making a career move is a project and it on its own that requires its own time, especially if you are looking to make a significant change, say a pivot to a new line of work, or if you want to start a business, for example, on the side that you want to grow so that maybe you can leave your current job one day, right? So all of that needs time. You need to invest time to pursue these opportunities today while you still have your current career, your current job. And you know, this can be challenging when your life is already busy as it is. I have heard so many people say, when do I have the time to pursue what I want to do? Or, you know, when I get a bit of free time, I will look into this, right? And that's the thing. We all have this tendency to think that we will somehow have more time, more space in the calendar, three to six months down the road. So we postpone doing anything about our career plans until, quote unquote, that time when we have extra time or we have extra space, extra space in the calendar, in our schedule. When the reality is we will be as busy then as we are today, unless we deliberately carve out the time and space, right? Wherever we want to be tomorrow is a result of our efforts today. That's the reality. And we have to somehow find or rather make the time today to work on our future career. Whether that means going back to school, you know, time for retraining or reskilling ourselves or time to explore new opportunities setting the side job, those kinds of stuff, right? So we need the time and the space for that. And that's why I asked Claire to join me today because this is her, in this, all these things that we're talking about here is in her wheelhouse. So in this episode, Claire shares insights and suggestions around what we can do to create this space to work on our dreams or our goals today. Now, before we get on the show, I wanted to let you know that the doors to the Ant Thriving Network will be opening on Sunday, March 17th, and we will be accepting new members once again. I'm so excited about this. Ant Thriving is an all-in-one resource for folks who are looking to make a career move. 
First and foremost, when you join and thriving, you will get access to the Confident Pivot. The Confident Pivot is a five-part framework that helps you make decisions about your next steps, helps you choose your strategy for your career move, and develop your game plan so that it best suits you and your situation. So you can work on it, right? But that's not all. As a member of Ant Driving, you also get support and guidance. And this is one-on-one support throughout the year. So not just during the time that you're you know, working on the framework, you'll get as much individual support as much as you want, whenever you want, for as long as you're a member of the network. And Thriving is a membership network and there are other benefits to your membership uh, other than the ones that I had just mentioned just now. You can learn more about it when you go to endthriving.net. That's one word, endthriving.net. Or you can go to the show notes for this episode, secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 86. You may want to put your name on the wait list because registration will only be open for a few days. And I want to make sure that you hear as soon as the doors open. Okie dokie. So again, secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 86 or antsriving.net. Okie dokie, let's get on with the show. Hello, Claire. Welcome to Second Breaks. Thank you so much for joining me. Lou, thank you for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. So I'm actually very excited to talk about this topic of conversation with you because, I mean, you are, I think you are a productivity consultant, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you call yourself a, a coach as well. So, yeah. you know, one of the topics that you talk about is this whole thing about time management or being productive with the time that we have and being effective with how we use our time. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to chat with you about this. So let me just maybe I'll I'll, uh, I'll set up the scenario and then we'll go from there. How's that? Mm-hmm. Sure. So most of the people that I, I work with and talk with in the context of my work and in second breaks are people who are looking to make some kind of a career move some kind of a career pivot or change. Some of them are even thinking of starting a business on the side, anything like that to sort of basically move forward with their careers. But they have their nine to nine to five, their job right now. And so this issue of when the in the world am I going to find the time <laughs> to work on these other things is always a sensitive topic because, you know, they're busy with their day to day already. And this other thing that they want to be able to do requires some bit of time. So it's always a sensitive issue or, or a challenge for them. And so I wanted to bounce that off you and, and kind of maybe start our conversation there in terms of this, you know, time in relation to like what I, where I want to be tomorrow requires time today and I don't have time mm-hmm. today. So how the heck do I manage <laughs> that basically? Well, I had mentioned to you what they call the Covey Quadrant. I think you've heard of that. So if you take a square and you divide it up into four pieces, you can label them. I'm going to look at my notes. So I make sure to get this right. But it's uh, <laughs> the one box is going to be non-urgent things and non-important things. Another box is going to be urgent and not important. Then there's not urgent, not important. And then the last one is not urgent, but important. And that last one that's where that's the box where the projects that 
you were the, in charge of them. You were the only one you're answerable to. Nobody, there's no deadline. There's no boss calling you for the answers. So it's up to you to push those projects forward. They're not urgent. They're not catching fire. So you have to really draw your attention to them. But, you know, human beings being the way they are, we are attracted to the urgent things. Oh, my God, something's <laughs> on fire. I got an email. I got a text. I got to do something about this now. So, it's, I, I mean, it's good to be gentle with yourself and realize that this is what humans are like. You know, and we were primitive people. We had to look around for the lions to run away from them. So it's, it's a normal reaction to be on the lookout for that kind of stuff. So I guess in the context of the nine to five scenario, they, they would probably say that their stuff, the work that they are doing right now, are all in the urgent and important because they are their job like if mm. they don't do it then they don't get paid so they they're True. probably going to say these are urgent and important right well i don't know what kind of work your clients generally do but i would say for people i work with the average office job has a lot of fluff into it a lot of fluff <laughs> let's talk about that because yes a lot of the people that i work with have corporate jobs right mm -hmm. and so they just look at the job collectively and say, my job is important and my job yes. is urgent. But you're right. saying peel the onion skin and it's not all urgent and it's not all important. Yes. I mean, here's an example. People just send emails. They just send them out like, you know, confetti all day long. And a lot of them are really not that important. It's just like, oh, you know, here's this thing that you should know. And you read it and think, actually, this has nothing to do with my job. I don't need to know this. So you need to ignore it. So that's the thing. I mean, to get through your email box and really seize upon the things that are important to you, that's a skill to develop. And to seize upon the things that do have a deadline attached to them. In fact, if you reverse this, if you need information from a colleague, you want to say, I need X by 2.15 on Friday, please. If you say at your earliest convenience, probably right. not going to get it, right? So if you get that email, you know, when you get a chance, do such and such, back of the line you're not doing that. You've probably got more important things to do, you know, so don't take things as urgent unless they are presented to you that way. But it, it can require a lot of pushback. I know some corporate cultures really operate on this hamster wheel and it can be very difficult to say no to that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I did had a, a client once a while ago who had the misfortune to be on the other side of a plate glass window from his boss. So his boss could see into his office all the time. So I told him to schedule fake meetings on his computer and put his headset on and just look at the computer. And he put it in his calendar, too. So everybody would think he's in a meeting and wouldn't interrupt him. And that is partly how he got work done. I also told him to schedule himself time in an empty meeting room and be in there. You know, I'm working on a project. I'm in this meeting room. Don't disturb me. So sometimes you have to do little hacks like that to carve out time. So those are those are things that your your people could do. You know, they know. Um, the other the other time suck or, you know, again, I don't know where it falls in the quadrant, but are obligations that you have at home. In addition to the nine to five, they get home and they have to feed the kids, they have to clean, they have to cook, they have to all the all the mm -hmm. house chores that, you know, they have to do or we mm -hmm. all have to do. And again, the question is, you know, when do I have the time to write the book <laughs> that I want to write or to, you right. know, to build this other side hustle that I want to hunt, you know, to, to create because I have all these um, personal and life obligations. 
Well, particularly women with families, women do too much. You know that. I know that. Women do too much stuff. Uh, one of the books that I wrote is called Five Minutes to a Relaxing Bedroom. And a couple of the, several of the concepts do have to do with making sure that other family members are pulling their weight. I consulted with one woman whose husband was so proud of himself that he did the family laundry. So he would do the laundry and put it in the dryer, take it out of the dryer and set it into the basket on top of the dryer and then just walk away. I did the laundry, honey. Well, <laughs> that was part of doing it. So you have to train family members to do these things. And I mean, I've worked with people who they wash their towels every other day. And their kids dump the towels on the floor. I'm like, you can't, you can't stand for this behavior. You know, if they dump their towel on the floor, then they get to use a wet towel tomorrow. You know, you got to be strict. You got to, you know, you got to run a tight ship here. But it's, I mean, it's not. I really, I firmly believe that young children can do household chores, and it's not a punitive thing. It's not, you know, taking them away from play. It is teaching them to become responsible adults, right? So it's important for everybody. If you've got two working parents, you you need to kind of make your children understand, look, this is the family unit. This is how it works. We're all we all got to pitch in and make this happen. And mommy's looking for a new job that's going to make life better for everybody. So let's all get on board with this. That's actually a good point, Claire. And I didn't even think about this until you started talking about it. It's because I often, you know, talk about the the whole asking for help or asking support for in the context of making a career pivot or a career change, yeah. asking help, asking support. But I always think about it in the context of help from other people who can help you directly with whatever it is that you're doing. But there is that kind of help that you can ask of your family to help you uh, create the space and the time. And mm-hmm. it's absolutely within your within reason for you to say, "Hey guys, you know, I mommy needs you know an hour, an extra hour to be writing the book that mommy yeah. wants to write, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, or create this 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 thing, this product that she wants to sell on the side." So mm-hmm. it's perfectly fine to ask of family members. Yeah, and if if I mean a job search is not a lifetime commitment. So you can also tell people, tell the family, you know, I'm going to be on this project for the next six months. So we're going to be eating pizza a lot. And the kids go, yes, woo, we like that. So you're going to be a little less than. I know someone who, you know, had to go back to school. So for three years, yeah. she was um, going to night school and weekends, nights and weekends. Yeah. And she has a family and she was having a hard time, really, because I think, what she was attempting to do was she was attempt she was she was trying to be the same diligent worker that she was before she was going to school so her 9 to yeah. t- 9 to 5 she wanted to be the exact same you know person diligent hard worker mm-hmm. and then at home she still wanted to continue to be the wife and the mother that she was sure. always so she wasn't she wasn't compromising on anything. She wasn't giving up on anything. And instead, she was yeah. just tacking on more and more to her plate mm-hmm. and sleeping less and less. <laughs> and that, that also can provoke people's perfectionism or just their attachment to a role, which makes sense. You know, if you are proud of your house, you love your family, you love how you help them and support them and nurture them. You don't really want to give up that role. That's, it's hard. It's hard to have to think of yourself, OK, I'm not going to be as good a mom as I was for the next six months because I have this other project. So there, there's, I mean, there is a trade-off. Everybody has the same amount of hours in a day and that's, you know, there's really not a way to really get more. You just have to try to use it better and use it more intentionally and mindfully and get help. Yeah. 
you consult with companies, you consult with individuals. How, how do you how do you do your work? I right do now? work with individuals. Yeah. Okay. So in your experience, what you've seen so far, what's what's the, what's the challenge that people that you see is the common one or two or common challenges that people have with respect to time management or prioritization or things like that? Well, just distractions, definitely. People do feel like they're more distracted than ever, which is somewhat true, but it's kind of always been true. So 15 years ago, we were more distracted than we were 17 years ago. So it's something that's probably going to continue to happen. So instead of just saying, okay, I can't deal with it, I'm just going to be swept away in the tide, I I really just think it's about the mindfulness. It's about having the the inner self-directedness to stick to your goal. And if that's hard for you, you can reach out to a coach or somebody to be accountable to who will help hold that for you, which is really important. It could be, you know, another woman that you know who's also searching for another job and you can trade tips and just kind of cheer each other on. Um, That can be super helpful. Prioritization is, that can be a tricky one because there are always going to be the urgent, important things that kind of knock you off. So when I help people, I also do like organizing decluttering in addition to the time decluttering. So the, the, the simplest the, the, the simpler you can make your life, the easier it's going to be to get back on track when you get knocked off. Gotcha. Right. So that's kind of the short way of saying it. If you've got a lot of little details going on that, that you know, like your kid gets sick and everything kind of grinds to a halt for a week, then it's going to be hard to get up to speed again. Mm-hmm. You mentioned distraction there, and I was just wondering if you think that this is a, uh, you know, this is a sign of the times that we're in and that there are more distractions, of it, you know, for us now as it was, say, compared 10, 15 years ago, or was there always distractions? It's just a matter of evolving distractions. I think there always were. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, people in times, maybe when there are big scientific discoveries being made, they thought, oh my God, how can, how can this happen? How can we have like an internal combustion engine? You know, we've had horses before. Now we're going 20 miles an hour. This is crazy. So I do think that was always true is that there is, I mean, maybe not everybody, but often people would feel like the pace of life is exceeding my grasp of it. So just, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I keep repeating myself, but you have to just have your own discipline really to just kind of turn that stuff off and realize that it's the world's not going to end if you don't know about all of these things. Well, you pointed out something there and you said, you know, you feel like you're repeating yourself and that you, you just have to be mindful. But that is actually the, the, the key there, because yeah. on the one hand, you could say, well, this is obvious. Uh, you just have to be mindful. <laughs> but of course, the devil, you know, it's easier said than done. It's one of those things. Right. And so because if it is that easy that I could do this. Right. Yeah. And so you talked about, you know, creating deadlines for yourself and Mm -hmm. and accountability and stuff like that and I I wanted to go back there because on the one hand I will just in full you know transparency I love deadlines so this does not apply to me because I have to be someone (laughs) who actually loves to have deadlines and I create deadlines for myself uh, even when there aren't deadlines so Mm -hmm. I am motivated by deadlines but I also know a lot of people who hate deadlines right they hate (laughs) deadlines at work and Mm. to suggest to them is that okay now this project you know whatever it is that you're you know writing a book you can't just say I'm gonna write a book you have to say you know three months or six months or whatever it is create the deadlines for Mm. yourself and I don't know if you've had 
a chance to or experience working with people who were somewhat averse with creating deadlines um, that are not imposed on them by their bosses. And what might you suggest or how might they think about this or how mm-hmm. might they work around this? Yeah, well, I think your example, writing a book is really good because that there's a big difference between a project and a to-do. If you put write a book on your to-do list, you're never going to do it. You're just going to freak out, right? And this is a really common thing. People have pro- entire projects on their to-do list and they sit down at their desk and they're like, oh, I'm not getting anything done. So you have to learn how to chip away. What is the first thing that I would do if I was going to start writing a book? Well, you know, I'm actually going to tra- start on chapter seven because I know what has to happen in the middle. I'm going to write two pages on chapter seven. I'm going to flesh out this incident that needs to happen in the middle and then I'm going to stop. That's an extremely concrete, small task. So that is the way that you get a project done. It's like one little bite after another. But what you put on your to-do list is write two pages on chapter seven this morning. Gotcha. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's got the, or you could start with the introduction. You could start with the end. You could start by fleshing out a character development. I mean, think of something that the minute you see it on your list, like, oh, I know how to do that. And you can just get to work. You also mentioned the, the word accountability there. And... Are we talking about accountability? Like, obviously, in a work situation, you are accountable to your boss or to your colleagues or your team, right? Yeah. So, but when we're talking about these things, when we have, it's for ourselves, right? Yeah. Um, are we talking about accountability to ourselves, or are you actually suggesting, like, create an accountability situation where you're accountable to a partner or a friend or something like that? Oh, I think that works beautifully. Yeah. I don't have a coach per se right now, but I have several colleagues who I confer with sometimes on a weekly basis, and we report to each other what we've been up to the past week. And I I look forward to doing that. I look forward to saying, you know, I made that call, I had that meeting, I did these things. And it's it kind of it motivates me because I know I'm going to be able to report that I did the thing I said I was going to do. So for most people, that's really motivating. And it's up to you how um, how strict you want your accountability to be. I know, I know that there are some websites now where you have to pay money if you don't do the thing that you committed yes. to doing. <laughs> that, that would, I don't think that would work for me. <laughs> this was about, I say three years ago or four years ago, I was writing my first book and I was running into all kinds of, um, <laughs> motivational you know problems Mm. of sitting in my butt in a chair and just writing and so I finally um I finally did that I said I announced it on uh Facebook actually and said that I I committed to a date of finishing my Mm. first draft and I said Mm -hmm. I'm going to finish my first draft by x date and I said if I don't finish by x date I'm going to donate to a political candidate that I don't support, who I don't support. And, oh, boy. <laughs> and it was, believe me, it was the, one of the strongest uh, accountability <laughs> things that I've ever done because there is no way. I think I even said I'm going to donate $150 or $200 or whatever. I gave the amount that I'm going to give so that, yeah. you know, that it's not just $10 or whatever that I was going to donate $200 to a political candidate I don't support. And a lot of my friends kind of kind of rallied behind me <laughs> who know me. And like, yeah, you better finish that book. <laughs> That's great. So I, I actually, that was a powerful incentive for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's a good one. I also think it's really, this works for me and it works for a lot of people who tend to feel kind of overwhelmed by all that they have to do about writing a book is to use time containers. So just commit to yourself, I'm going to spend 45 minutes this morning and set a timer. When it goes off, you stop. Unless you're totally on a roll, you can keep going, but you need to give yourself permission to stop at the end of that before you're burned out, before you're overwhelmed. So that I think can work really well because you know up front, it's only 45 minutes. I can get through this. So it, it lowers your resistance quite a bit. Yeah, I like that, Claire, because we could also apply it to like, you know, for example, let's say this thing that you want to do, you could say every every week or every other day, I'm just going to spend 30 minutes or whatever it is for 30 minutes. It's going to be focused on whether I'm rewriting my resume or researching something or reading a book about this topic or but every you know whatever it is every day or every other day that you give yeah. yourself just 30 minutes because that helps with the with the overwhelm because mm -hmm. you know if you, if you think I'm only going to spend 30 minutes surely you can sp find 30 minutes that's mm -hmm. um, one less Netflix show to watch <laughs> yeah and you can even give yourself a short reward afterwards too if that if that will help you get it done I say that's that's fair too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Uh, I the other thing that I liked about the accountability too is that it also encourages you to talk about what it is that you're doing because sometimes, you know, we keep it to ourselves, yeah. mm -hmm. to ourselves, and but by reaching out to someone like so, for example, the the, the friends that you're chatting with, they know what you're doing, yeah. so you're sharing with them what yes. your goals are and your plans are. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And in my work as a coach, that is a lot of what I am doing because a project that is in your head is a different critter from one that's written down on a piece of paper. You know, and when I talk, I find myself, I, I hear myself say these words. I'm like, oh, that was what I meant. It, it becomes crystallized. It becomes a real thing in the world. Whereas when it's in your head, it's all kind of squirrely and, it's just, it's not complete. So you, you do, yeah, you have to say it to somebody. You have to write it down or else it's, it does not have that reality that you can really actually start doing it. Exactly. And sometimes I know it happens to me that it seems when it's in my head so big and then I start talking to someone and I hear my words, I'm like, okay, it's not that complicated <laughs> after all. <laughs> like, I yeah. answered my whole question, right? So yeah, something yeah. that you might think is too overwhelming and too big Somehow, the, mm -hmm. as soon as you organize them in your head, um, yeah. it, it sounds a little bit more manageable. So, uh, Claire, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions unrelated to the topic that we're talking about. One is, you mentioned, I think you had mentioned a book there before, but could you talk about a book maybe or two that you found really either has made an impact on you or is, or is relevant to what we're talking about? Yes, I made notes about a couple of books that I really like. Um, one of them is called The Willpower Instinct, which is written by a Stanford professor. And she talks about um, you focusing on the why of your goal. And that, that can help you really stay on track with your habits. If you know what, what the big internal motivation is for, like, you don't want to maybe, you know, she uses the example of losing weight quite a bit. It's like, okay, you know, you can fit in some better clothes. You just feel better. But maybe there's this big health goal or just there's something that really makes you rise up and say, yes, this is the way I, reason I'm doing it. So you're not just stuck in the minutia. Of, well, I'm hungry. I don't want to eat this. But then you reflect back on the why and you realize that's why I'm doing all this. And then another one that I like is uh, 
by um, an author named Neil Fiore, and it's called The Now Habit. And he, he, one of his big things is enjoy guilt-free play. So I know you, know you have clients who say they're busy, 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 but his, one of his things is the unschedule, which means that you have to fill in your weekly schedule with all your work and you know, your duties about you have to pick up the kids or you have to do this and such, and dinners with friends, exercise, you know, a party here and there. And then you see these little spaces of time that you have. That's your time. So again, it creates a time container. That's the time when you're going to work on your proposal for the book. So that can be great because you, you're already having your, your fun. You know, you're not just sitting there grinding away and not having a, a pleasant life, but you are still able to find these, these places in your schedule where you can do things. How strict are you <laughs> with respect to your scheduling and time management? Like, do you follow that? Are you able to stick to a schedule? Uh, you know, I've just recently decided, I've, I've been noticing myself that I get really burned out in the afternoon. And, you know, since I work for myself, I figure, well, I have to be on my computer from at least 10 to 5, if not 9 to 5. But it's, I am just spinning my wheels at a certain point. So I've decided to double down more. And after breakfast, I get on my computer and I work and work until I just feel I can feel my mind wandering. And then I say, okay, that's it for the day. And I've been doing that for about a month now, and it's working a lot better. Yeah, because I, I find that, okay, so when I was in corporate America, then my days were very structured. I'm in meetings. I like my, my, my assistant, my EA takes care of like my day is full. And then yeah. when I left uh, corporate America and I started to do this, initially I was very, I was ecstatic because I'm like, yes. I am free to do whatever I want with my calendar and my day. But what I'm finding now that there isn't like a meeting that I have to attend or I mean, today is different because I have, you know, I have back to back interviews scheduled. Mm -hmm. But outside of those days, when it's up to me to fill in the calendar, mm -hmm. uh, I find that there's a natural uh, time of day that my I slow down. I don't want to work. Yeah. And, and like, you know, basically between noon and two or three, it's like, I don't hmm. like, I, I, my energy level is low and, yeah. you know, if, if it were up to me, I, I don't want to do anything. Right. Right. And at first I was feeling very guilty about this because it's like, mm. a lot people are working. Why am I <laughs> working? But there's also, but I like what you said that around, you know, just doubling down on the times when you feel very creative and very effective mm -hmm. and very productive and just honoring that there are times of the day that you slow down and, you know, yeah. don't expect too much of yourself for those hours. Right. And those times you could maybe do a little indulging in Facebook. Yeah. You definitely, um, a pretty famous organizer named Julie Morgenstern wrote a book that's called Don't Check Email in the Morning because if you are, I, I'm general, I'm kind of a late morning person. That's my high energy time. So when I feel that way, I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to check off this off my list. And I realize, no, those are, it would be fun. and It'd be satisfying to do that. But when I feel like this, I need to get to the really heavy writing because now That's I can right. do it. Exactly. Yeah. And leave those for the lower energy times of the day. That's so exactly. true. That's but so it's hard true. to do. I, and I, I, I confess, it's even hard for me. So if it's hard for people who are listening to this, yeah, that's the way it is. You got to train yourself. 
Or just remind yourself. I have a lot of post-its, too, up on my wall that remind me of, here are the big projects you're working on. Right. What are you doing right now? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um I, I love this conversation, uh, Claire, but I, I do want to also be respectful of your time. I want to leave some time for you to talk a little bit about the work that you do. We kind of alluded to it already a little bit, mm-hmm. but maybe you could talk a little bit a, a little bit more about it. I know you've written a book or two, or I don't know actually how many, but you've written yeah. books and you also have a podcast. So can you talk a little bit about what, the work that you do? Sure. I have written two books. One of them is called Five Minutes to a Relaxing Bedroom. And that's, you know, five minutes doesn't sound like much, but there's five pretty simple things you can do. And if you master those, it's going to be so much better. Not perfect, but a lot better. So that's for the home organizing side of my business. Um, I also wrote one that's called 52 Simple Ways to Get Organized. And it's just that each one is just one page. So you don't have to read it cover to cover. You just kind of step in wherever. It is divided up into sections. But I really, I've worked with so many people over the years who've got five or six books on the shelf behind them, organizing books or time management books, they got to chapter one and they just stopped reading. So my thing is always, how can I give somebody a really short tip that they can grasp and put into action in their life now? Is is it organizing the the home or just organizing their life or organize like? All of it. I'm actually currently in the process of dividing my business into two parts. There's going to be the home organizing and then there's going to be the productivity coaching. So I have a brand new website that I'm working on now. That's one of my big projects. So I do coach people on the on the phone or on Skype or Zoom, whatever they like, for the productivity part, because that I can do that way. Sometimes people meet with me an hour a week. Sometimes it's uh, less time. Um, I also coach through an outfit called Coach Me, which is uh, um, they offer a very specific type of coaching, which is designed for building small habits. Like I did it myself to build the habit of meditation in the morning. So you commit to doing this one small thing and your coach just helps you via text with the accountability and tips and encouragement. Yeah. And it's, it seems kind of crazy that you could get coached via text messages, but it actually works really well. So if people are, and that's a more budget friendly way to be coached. So if anybody's interested in that, they can look for me, Claire Tompkins on coach me. on gotcha. there. That's a good idea. Yeah. All right. And uh, you have, do you, do you still have a podcast or? I do. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I do that every two weeks. I decided that once a week was too much. So since I'm the boss, I said every two weeks is what I'm going to do. And the and topic, or what is it called and what do you talk about in the podcast? It is called Organize Your Life with Clutter Coach Claire because I did not want to be, you know, too limited because all of this stuff interests me. I mean, the way you're organizing your home affects how you think. It affects how much you get done. It's it's all to me. It's all very connected. So I talk about all kinds of topics, but it is veering more into the productivity and and the the mindset zone, which is really interesting to me. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, the best place or places to find you online or to connect with you online? Yes, my main website is cluttercoach.net. And I have a mailing list. So if you get on that, you know, I I will keep people informed of all the things that I'm up to and, you know, what what was what you missed on the podcast. if You didn't hear it. And I'll also be talking about there about once my new site is ready. I'm also I'm also devising a uh, a program that's going to be content that's dripped over out over time that also includes three coaching calls with me over a period of time. 
So I'm still kind of massaging that together. It's not quite ready yet. But that's, that'll be still another way to work with me. Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with me, Claire. I enjoyed this conversation. Yes, me too, Lou. Thanks so much. This wraps it up for this week's episode. I hope you found this episode useful. You will find the show notes with all the links to the resources mentioned at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 86. You will also find the link to And Thriving on the show notes. And Thriving will reopen for new member registration in a few days. So consider adding your name to the waitlist to hear about the news. If you like this podcast and are a frequent listener, would you do me a favor and give us a rating on iTunes? Your review, your rating, your review will help tremendously. And I would also appreciate it if you would tell your friends about the podcast, if you would share with your friends that you're listening to Second Breaks, I would so appreciate that as well. Speaking of friends, I would love for us to connect on social media, if you're on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, if you hang out in any of these places, you can pretty much find me at Second Breaks across the social media land. Please do find me. I'd love to connect with you. Or if you have any questions or suggestions for topics that you would like for me to cover on the podcast, you can definitely direct message me on Instagram or Twitter. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening and being with me for a few minutes today. I cannot wait to chat with you again next week. I will be back with a new topic that will help you move forward with your career goals and step into the future that you really, really want. In the meanwhile, keep on making me dead, my friend. Cool beans! <laughs>